What's going on you guys and welcome back to the channel. If you're new here, my name is Brandon. As always, we do have our investing academy as that first link in the description below. But today's video, we're gonna be talking about how to invest in an overvalued market. And this could be a very applicable video to where we are today. I think a lot of us now into the new year may be reflecting on our strategies and just kind of taking in what the current environment is like and we may have some questions regarding what we should be doing. If we looked at the S&P 500, we'll note that we are currently pushing all-time highs, not pushing all-time highs, we are setting records day in and day out. If we looked at a metric such as the Schiller PE, which is a good measure, a popular measure, I should say, of more or less a rolling average of how the price of the market is, let's call it, over a 10-year rolling period, we see today sitting at 34.19, that is far above its historical average or norm or mean. And of course, we know this uh, expensive market when we look at all of our favorite stocks, such as the Apples, the Amazons, the Teslas, whatever way you want to spin it, it's hard to argue that we are in at least a fully valued, a fairly valued market. I think a lot of people would agree we are in overvalued territory. We're in a rich stock market and these share prices are getting quite expensive. And a very valid question is what do we do at this point? So I have a few tips that I think will greatly help you out. We'll go through them one by one. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. I hope this is able to really help you guys out. Tip number one is do not stop investing. And that sounds backwards. That sounds like crazy advice. That sounds like some bad, bad, bad advice. Because in theory, if if we can assess that the market's overvalued, if we have these indicators and red flags raising all over the place, wouldn't that make sense to stop investing, sit on the sidelines, pull our money out of the market so that we're not overexposed? And in a sense, yes. But at the same time, I think that could be a very, very bad mistake. In fact, this dates back four over four years ago, when I first started working here at the firm, the S&P was trading at about, uh, I don't know the exact level, but let's just say ballpark 24, 2500 level. And I kid you not, dating back four years ago, we heard the exact same things, that the market was overvalued and that the market is going to crash. There's uh, a crash right around the corner. And even if the market is overvalued and if everyone can agree on that, if the market's going to continue to push up, sometimes, even though it may be irrational, you don't want to be that person that misses out on the wave because you told yourself you didn't want to buy in at the top, especially how much money the Fed is pumping into the markets and the stance that they're taking with really propping this market up. You can leave a lot of money on the table by not investing in the market. The second thing that I think is extremely important is to really emphasize building up your cash position. As the years turned over now, we all are getting an additional amount of space in our TFSA. There's a new six grand that we have in space. If you still had your job over the past year, you've accumulated, you've acquired more room in your RRSP. I would be doing everything that I could, if I were in anybody's shoes right now, to continue popping as much as we can into our investments. If that means bumping up your monthly savings amount, if it means you have a little bit of extra money, some Christmas money, whatever the case is, pop that into your portfolio because what that does if you feel the market is overvalued is that gives you not only a, a cushion of safety in terms of you're not fully invested in the market, but when and if, or I should say if and when the market does correct, seeing how we've pretty much gone straight up since the COVID sell-off, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a, a correction, a pullback, a little relief period. That's very, very natural. Maybe coming over the next few months, especially, you know, in the new year, just 
these odd times things tend to happen. So anything could trigger that. We want to have as much cash ready to deploy into our positions if we do see the market fall. It would suck so much if a month or two down the road, markets sold off and you had no additional cash in your portfolio. You either spent all your money, you didn't make the commitment to increasing your cash position. If you're fully invested in the market, you're very strapped in terms of your flexibility. You don't have much choice versus if now, you know, don't wait till then, but now start prioritizing, putting a little bit more and more money into your portfolio maybe come that time when the markets do uh, come back to a normal level, we've built up a 5, 10, 15% cash position in our portfolio. There's nothing against that. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, during times of overvalued market, you could argue, and in fact, I, I think it's smart to actually hold a higher, a higher cash position for those couple of reasons. This, of course, is assuming you've done things like, you know, setting up your emergency fund. That's something you don't want to skip uh, you could argue that if it's just cash there, you could always pull it out. I'm just kind of thinking that to my head or through my head, but get your emergency fund, get your priorities in, in check. But once you've got all your safety nets in place, I would be putting a big allocation to building that cash position and not necessarily investing it right away, keeping it in cash. There's nothing wrong with doing that for a couple months, a few months, see how the market plays out. Tip number three, do the overnight challenge. And you probably haven't heard of this ever before because I don't think it's called the overnight challenge, but I heard this on a podcast two, three years ago. I heard it one time in my life and I, I wrote it down. I was like, I need to talk about this. You know, one day I really like it, but um, it's not called the overnight challenge. I forget what it's called, but regardless what this test entails is asking yourself, if you looked at your portfolio today and you sold all of your investments exactly as is, whether you own five stocks, 10 stocks, 30 stocks, if you sold every one of your stocks today, you slept on it overnight, you took a night to rest and, and sleep, and you come back tomorrow, would you buy into every one of your shares or every one of your positions the same way that you had it the night before? It's like an overnight test, you know? Would your portfolio look exactly the same as it did the day before? If you let that sink in for a second, I think for a lot of people, the answer is they probably wouldn't, me included. It's crazy, but it's uh, it's a difficult question to ask yourself. And what I mean by that is, for example, a lot of people have stocks that have done very well. Take a company like Tesla, if you own that in your portfolio and you have such an emotional connection, it's done so well for you and you want it to continue growing. But if you were to sell out of that stock today and buy it back at this exact same level tomorrow, people would be hesitant to do that. They would say, well, no, it's too high, it's too crazy. Well, keep in mind, if you haven't sold your position yet and your funds, you know, you have gains on, you know, you have gains that are on paper, but they haven't been realized yet. You haven't ever made money until you sell your investments. That's a very, very, I think that could be a very painful lesson that people do realize if things do turn for the worst with a lot of the stocks that we're seeing today. So a good challenge to kind of put yourself through or a good test is look at your portfolio and say, well, are certain stocks overvalued? Is this a price and a weighting in my portfolio that I feel comfortable holding? Because when you do that test, I think a lot of people will, uh, it gets you rethinking your positions. And again, it's not to just say sell out of all your stocks because you may have capital gains to worry about this or that, but it's a fun little exercise that I think uh, a lot of you guys should try out. Just do it. Uh, just kind of take a look at your portfolio and ask yourself, would you buy those exact same stocks in the exact same position if you slept on it and uh, gave it a day? But our fourth one and our final tip for today is probably one of the most important ones out there is that despite the media and YouTube and everyone talking about the markets being so overvalued and every stock out there is expensive. Understand that there is still value out there 
And that's where you should be looking. Because if you took, for example, there's a couple of really cool charts I can share with you. The S&P finished 2020 up 16%. And the S&P is, of course, just the U.S. broader market. And keep in mind that although that should be a representation of, you know, U.S. stocks in general, that should give us a good idea of how the U.S. is doing. It's a very, very skewed index. It's a skewed indicator because, or it's not an indicator, but it's a skewed indication of the U.S. market because the S&P 500 is very heavily weighted to technology. And I had a lot of trouble finding an up-to-date chart of this, uh, what you're looking at on the screen. This is dating back a couple years, but it still gets the point across as to just how heavily weighted and how uh, skewed the weighting of the S&P 500 is. Although it's 500 companies, it's really not. It's, it's really getting pulled by a few big names. A crazy way to look at this is this chart dictates the performance of FANG, so Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. This is dating back to 2013, relative to the S&P 500, which is in blue. And it is just astronomical how well some of these technology stocks have performed. And actually, if you looked at this little green uh, bar, the one at the very bottom, that's how the S&P would have performed if you excluded FANG. Or in fact, that's how it did perform, excluding the FANG stocks. So what this tells us is that, yeah, the S&P is doing so well, but a huge, huge component of that is a few big technology names. And now even stocks like Tesla, because they're in the S&P, performance like that is really driving the returns. So when you see that, yeah, the S&P and the market is at all-time highs and they're doing so well, keep in mind that that's not necessarily saying every stock out there is doing very well. In fact, to look at it this way, the S&P 500 is this little red line. It's going to be very tough to see, but it's right here. Uh, it returned about 15, 16% in 2020. So right about, I'll put a little arrow up. And as you can see, the top performing sector was the infotech sector, this little brown line. It was up 42% in aggregate. But taking a look below at some of these underperforming areas, energy in the S&P finished minus 37% year to date or in 2020, that's the baby blue line. Financials were down 5%, utilities were down 4.7%, and real estate as a sector, which is that gold line, finished down 6%. So sometimes you do have to dig just a little bit deeper than the, the headlines and what you see out there because the index is not always a fair representation of what's going on. And to me, what that tells us is when you see areas like this that have been beaten down, areas that have not picked up with the market as much as some other ones, these may be some... Uh, nice areas to look into. I'm not saying avoid tech, but I also came across a quote by John Templeton, one of the best investors to ever do it. Buy value, not market trends or the economic outlook. And a chart like this to me gives some great insights, some great ideas into what's actually happening out there in our stock market. So those are just a few tips that I think anybody can take with them to help them be a better investor in an overvalued market. To me, what I'd be going out and adding to my Amazons and my Apples at the moment, it's not to say that I wouldn't, but personally for me, I would kind of look at maybe some other areas first. When I look at charts like this, it's just so uh, scary almost. Like that's a scary looking chart and Apple's got to be my favorite company out there, if not my favorite one of. But there's no question that the market that we are in right now, I'd say, is a very, very wonky one.
kind of some tough decisions that have to be made and kind of tie it back into my first point of this video, which is don't stop investing. I'm not saying that we want to sell out of our great companies like Apple and Microsoft and Amazon because they may continue to do well. You know, we don't want to say we're calling a top, but we may just want to be a little more tactical with where we deploy our money. But hey, that's it for the video today, guys. If you enjoyed and have some thoughts to share, leave them down below. I'd love to hear what you guys are doing to combat this market. If you're not already subscribed to the channel, take a moment and hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell for notifications so you know when I post because we post videos every single week. If you are new to the stock market, as I'm sure a lot of people are with the new year kicking off, as I'm filming this on January 1st, so happy new year to everybody. We do have our investing academy as that first link down below. If you're looking for an all-encompassing training course program that can take a beginner from I'm just starting out, I don't know what I'm doing, all the way through to having your portfolio built and researching and buying stocks, click the link down below to learn about our program. We have a community, we have a team where you can ask questions, get support. If you're a first timer to the stock market, I truly do believe it is the best place to learn along with this channel, but that's that first link down below. As always, I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you guys in the next video.